Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rambosity, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's good, what's good, what's good, everybody? We are now into the week of Christmas, and I am here with the one, the only, Luke Parker himself. What's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Brother, I'm doing good. It's been cold. It has. But same time it's okay you remember a few weeks ago like it was snowing in every alabamian like i listen man like i can't tell you how many like girls on snapchat were like playing let it snow with the snow falling down and all it was was glorified rain that's all that snow was didn't even stick okay hot take y'all hot take okay and y'all know i love doing these i hate snow i despise it luke what's your opinion on snow i really don't mind it if it just wasn't so cold well, the problem with snow in the south is that, number one, we don't know how to drive in it. That's, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, like, I have relatives up north, and like, they have, like, you know, like, snowpack. Like, I mean, like, you know, like, snow, like, feet of snow by the end of winter. And they just live it. But they complain about the hot weather. And I'm like, man, I can adapt to hot weather. But mm-hmm. two inches of snow, our roads are toast. Yep. And on top of that, man, like, it's enjoyable. Snow is enjoyable for, like, 15 minutes. As and long as you just, get out of school. And it's just there. Bro, we're grown-ups, man. Like, look, you go to college now. You're about to be graduated. We're adults. You don't get out of school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, for the kids. and But it just, it's just one of those things that you're just sitting there and you're... I call it the white death. Because that's exactly what it is. I hate snow. All right? So, uh, share with me next time you see me. If you're listening to this, your opinion on snow, please. I'd love to hear it. Because snow is horrible. All right, so what is the best Christmas movie, Luke Parker? All right, so in my opinion, Home Alone 2. Horrible opinion, but it's okay. Okay, so Home Alone, we all know the, the first, first one. one. Really good movie. Classic, yeah, right? Yeah, children. Is, somebody said it's the uh, children's version of Die Hard. That's a fair assessment, <laughs> honestly. That That's pretty accurate. But in my opinion, okay. Home Alone 2 is even better. Just the fact that he's lost in New York, okay. one of the biggest cities in the world. He runs into a future president. By himself, runs into future president Donald Trump, <laughs> finds out where the lobby is. It's just fantastic. It's so much better. I love it. It's a decent movie. What okay. about you? For me, I'm going to go with a classic, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, I'm very upset because this year I haven't been able to watch it on any of the cable news networks. News networks. Did y'all, did How upsetting. Yeah, dude, because um, Apple bought it, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm a huge Apple fan. But Apple, how dare you? How dare you, Tim Cook? How dare you not respect Charlie Brown lovers everywhere? I'm a huge Charlie Brown fan, by the way. I love Charlie Brown. That is one of my mom's favorite like comic strips and cartoons. I've grown up loving Charlie Brown. Anything Charlie Brown, I have. Like I, here in just a, like here just past few weeks, I've set up my Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You know, I love Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown Christmas, incredible. Um, and honestly, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. There is the gospel that is present in the Charlie Brown Christmas story. You know, um, and then and when Linus quotes Luke two. You know, like when he quotes Luke 2, quotes mm-hmm. the gospel story. I, 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 have you ever read about the blanket, Linus's blanket? Have you ever read about this? I have Okay, so this is, uh, there's a really great Gospel Coalition article about this, but like this is a really fun fact. Mm-hmm. Linus always carries around his blanket. Right. When he, quote, when he quotes Luke's two, Luke 2, 
he drops the blanket. He doesn't need his safety net anymore because of the gospel. The coming of the Savior is his safety net. I like that. All right, we're closing down the podcast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, so uh, go watch it for real. Like, I mean, you can look it up on YouTube. Just look up Linus quoting Luke 2. And uh, I think Luke's looking it up right now so he can watch it later. He drops the blanket. And that's like Linus's thing. Like, he drops the blanket. It's, just, it's so awesome. All right, so what book are you reading or what book would you like to recommend to our listeners today? So this one, some of us may have heard of before, others may have not. This book that I'm going to recommend is called The Pilgrim's Progress, written by John Bunyan Yeah. way back when. Classic. And the best way that I can explain it is take Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, and make it very in-your-face Christian parallels. Close. I could get behind that. Lord of the Rings has some parallels, some lines that can be connected to Christianity. He and uh, C.S. Lewis were best friends. Yeah, well, Tolkien Tolkien hated allegory. That's the best part. Right. He he wrote it to tired children. It was beautiful. That was allegory. So this one, it's a very similar setup. Go on this really long journey, but this time the main character's name is Christian. Because he becomes a Christian. Yes. Mm -hmm. And along the way, he runs into these different towns that have different people who are named after all of these temptations that we face and it tells the adventure that he goes on trying to get to the mountain and it's just really good yeah i love, I love it. the analogy of the, when it talks about the end when you cross the river mm-hmm. you know and I, that's where we get the you know um what's the name of that song gaither song uh, because he lives you know mm-hmm. and then on, when i cross that river you know, like that's where that's where we get that from. It's from Pilgrim's Progress, which was written in the 1500s. You know, I mean, yeah. it's I think it's the longest running book and publication in the history of the world outside of like the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. I think I've heard something. I like think that. I've heard that. You know, Spurgeon was a big fan of mm-hmm. Pilgrim's Progress. I'm a huge fan. I read it once a year. Yeah. Um, it's just a book I constantly go back to. I found a copy of it. Um, I'm actually it's somewhere on my shelf. I'm looking for it right now, but it was it was like this dude's granddad's. And it has like a personal note in it. Really, it's really neat, man. Like That's I, bought, cool. I bought it at a thrift store, and I like so, that. Um, which by the way, just just one little rabbit trail. You can find some really good books at thrift stores if you dig. Mm-hmm. Like in the book section, like and especially like really neat stuff. Like me and my uh, friend bought this book, uh, Blue Light Jazz, by Donald Miller, who was like, <laughs> it's so funny. Donald Miller wrote a book now, like it was about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like a marketing guy now. And so, but it was kind of like an emergent church movement back in like the mid 2000s. And we kind of hopped on that train late. It was like 2012 when we found this book. Anyway, and it had this note in it, like written to this dude's dad. Like, hey, dad, listen, chapter 19 was the chapter that impacted me the most. I think it'll impact you as well. I hope that you read it and enjoy it. I mean, it was just really cool. So, I mean, yeah. you, you can find some really good stuff at thrift stores. All right. So, for me, I'm going to recommend another allegory. And this was not planned, by the way. Chronicles of Narnia series, every one of them, all right? Every one of them, read them in the release order that uh, C.S. Lewis released them. Don't read them in the chronological order because it doesn't make any sense. Aslan's Revealed doesn't make any sense. All these things, read them in the release order that they come out. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, my. I mean, it, it's incredible. I, I have plans that when Brooks is old enough to actually sit down and listen to me read, I want to read these books with him at night. That'd be um, great. But, yeah, I mean, book. especially like Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, like the mm-hmm. entire book, Aslan doesn't show up till the very end. All right, spoiler alert, if you haven't known that. Aslan doesn't show up the very end. Aslan's like the Christ figure mm-hmm. of the story. and But you constantly hear that Aslan's on the move 
and he's like he's always working in the background. I mean, it gives me chills, man. He's always working in the background, and then he shows up. Man, that's Jesus, right? Like he's always working in the background, always there, and then he shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, now he doesn't come; it's like a baby line, right? I mean, I thought this thing about it like that that there's there are some parallels there, but um, and obviously, you know, there's some things that I would disagree with. Like there's the whole um, word. Aslan accepts the traitor, you know, just because Mm -hmm. he, you know, C.S. Lewis was not, you know, what I would consider fully orthodox and everything. He had some heterodox beliefs when I say that. Um, He believed that, you know, you could be saved outside of Christ if you believed in some Christian virtues, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, he said Christ was the only way, but what if you never heard of Christ type thing? He talks about it in um, Mere Christianity. Um, he fleshes that belief out. It's really interesting. I disagree with it wholeheartedly. But anyway, it's incredible, man. I mean, just the entire series is so, so good. Um, there's so many great lines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line where Lucy, she says, Aslan, you keep getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he looks at her and he goes, every year you see me, I will get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, like, man, like, that's our relationship with the Lord, right? I love so, the line, and it's the beaver describing him, and he's like, he isn't safe, but he's good. He's good, but he isn't safe. I and love that's, that line. And dude, that, 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 like, man, like, that is our God. He is good, but he isn't safe. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that is safe about Jesus. And so, I mean, I could do literally an entire podcast on Chronicles of Narnia. And so I love the series. I love every one of the books. They're phenomenal. They're fun to read, and they're in-your-face Christian allegory, but at the same time, they're just classics. I mean, mm-hmm. you pick them up. Um, you can find them pretty cheap out there now. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're public domain. But anyway, get out there and read those books. So today, y'all, we have, we're coming to a close on our Christmas series, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. And we hope that you have enjoyed singing this wonderful gospel song um, by Matt Boswell and uh, Matt Papa. Um, I, I think they're the ones who wrote it. Is that right? I don't know if they originally wrote it. Can you fact it. check that? Can you fact check that for me? Thank you. Um, but it's come behold. I think Matt Popper did write it. I think. Don't quote me. Anyway, I hope that you've enjoyed singing the song with us the past few weeks here at church. It was all right. Matt Boswell and Matt Popper. All right, I thought they did. Man, just the gospel in song. And it literally. I mean, when when we were talking about Christmas series a year ago, what we were going to do like this just jumped out at us. Yeah. And so, and that's where we got the name of our Christmas series, obviously. But today we want to talk about the mystery that is revealed in Christmas. The mystery of the gospel that is revealed in the coming of Jesus. Paul says this in Colossians 1, 26 through 27. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, like, I just, just right now, just thinking about this, the, the, the mystery of the gospel. Think about, and, and Luke, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Like, think about like, I mean, we have faith in Jesus, like 100% faith in Jesus. Think about the Old Testament saints that didn't have a full grasp of the plan mm-hmm. and the faith that they had. Like Abraham, you know, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David. I mean, I, all the prophets. I could literally go, I mean, all these, I mean, and, and just really the nation of Israel in general, not the entire nation of Israel, because not everyone in the nation of Israel was, you know, um, a part of the commonwealth. But at the same time, this nation of Israel, they didn't understand the mystery. Right. 
And then Christ comes, and it's just like an unraveling of, oh, this this, this is the answer. Mm-hmm. The mystery has been revealed in the coming of Jesus. I just get so mind blown by it sometimes because I think that we kind of lose the mystery of the gospel. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Luke? I do. I've thought about that just throughout my life, wondering like, well, what happened to the Old Testament people? They didn't have Jesus, yeah. so what happened to them? Yeah, for sure. But like, you do some Old Testament reading and you read about the faith that these guys had in something that they hadn't even witnessed firsthand, something that hadn't even come yet. But God says that it was counted to them as righteousness. Yeah. All these times, these the faith that these guys had in something that they would never see in their lifetime yeah. is astounding to us. And we need to remind ourselves to have that kind of faith. Yeah, and, and, and that's why, I, I mean, I think that we lose, I think that we talk about Jesus so much, and in a lot of ways it's very cultural speak of Jesus, that mm-hmm. we lose the mystery that is being revealed in this. That, And I mean... Think about, it's, just, it's so mind-blowing to me. Think about how, like, we talk about Jesus, but then when you read the scriptures, how the scriptures talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then think about how, like, when we approach the gospel and how we preach, think about the content of the gospel. Like, let, let, let's just dive into the content of the gospel for really, really quick. All right, what we preach. We preach that you were sinful, that you couldn't fix yourself, so God sent the law to... to to show you how holy he was. Nobody could fulfill the law, all of its righteous requirements. Constantly had to be atonement for sins. So God sent his own son, Jesus, to be the atonement for sins, but to also fulfill the law. Um, I think Propaganda um, used to be a Christian rapper. I think he still is. He's he's out there. But Propaganda talks about how like the only person who could satisfy God's righteous commands is God. Mm-hmm. He's the only one. And so think about like how crazy it is that God sent his son to fulfill his own commands so that he could die on our behalf and then be resurrected from the dead. Like we believe a guy came back from the dead, which is crazy. I mean, we've been to a couple of funerals recently, Luke. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody rising up out of the coffins. No. All right. Dead people aren't getting up and walking around. But we believe a man came back from the dead. And then ascended to the right hand of the Father, and we wait on him to come back. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy, and that's pretty mysterious. And we lose that whenever we sit there and we think about how. I mean, wh- this is why I always say, like, what man could come up with that? Like, what man could come up with that? Like, it's it is that ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Which I mean goes back to C.S. Lewis. You know, who is Jesus? Well, he was either the most evil man who ever lived. A liar. He was either the craziest man ever lived, a lunatic, or he was who he says he was. Mm-hmm. He was Lord. He's either liar, lunatic, or Lord. That's our choices. But the mystery of the gospel being revealed in Christ, it, it it's just something that we can't make up, man. Yeah. It's just something we can't make up. What do you got to add to that, Luke? I think a lot of times the goal of the church, whenever we address the gospel, which should be every time that we gather together as we do, the goal is always to get to Jesus, obviously, because Jesus, that's sir. what the gospel is all yeah. about, ultimately. You know, Spurgeon said, no, he said uh, to, to one of his preaching students, no Christ in your sermon, sir. Then go home and wait until you have something worth preaching about. Yeah. 
So that's obviously what we want to happen is to get our people to Jesus anytime we open up God's word. Yes. That's the pinnacle of what it's all about. But in doing so, just adding to what you're talking about, I feel like we miss over that part of it. Yeah. Because the goal is to get to him as soon as possible because that's what it all leads up to, obviously. But in doing so, you kind of rush past all of this other stuff of you were lost and ultimately just abandoned in yourself. You yes. had no hope mm-hmm. until Jesus was born. Oh, 100%. And we talk about that, but we don't really understand the weight of that because we live in this New Testament world where all we know is Jesus. Yes. We live in a post resurrection world so it's very easy for us to blow past that i feel like well and if you look at like you know there if you look at like what the top selling christian books are right now if you were to look that up luke you probably see a and if you were to look this up listener whoever you are out there if you were to look this up you would probably notice that it's a bunch of prosperity gospel bullcrap and and i and i mean it very harshly when i say that it's bullcrap because what they're trying to tell you is is how to get rich, how to be how how to be this way, how to like raise the best children, how to do these things. The truth of the matter is is that the gospel is not popular. And it's because of what you just talked about. All the things that we man is wretched. We are lost and without hope, but in Christ we can find our hope. Mm-hmm. Um Albert Muller says this about the mystery of the gospel, there is glory and this glory can it can even come to us, but it is not ours. There's a glory we should seek, but it is not glory for ourselves. It is the glory of Christ. And that glory is most evident not just when Christ is preached as an abstract and was not and as an abstract and objective truth, but when Christ becomes in us the hope of glory. That's when we realize the gospel is that it's Christ in us. Mm-hmm. We think about Christ as this like far off, like, you know, this far off concept so many times that what you just talked about, like you said, you know, we kind of lose the weight, the weightiness of the gospel. Y'all listen, the Lord of the universe resides in you, Christ in you. There's a unity there that cannot even be matched. Not even in the, in the most, you know, obvious relationship that we have in this in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage is a picture of the gospel. You know what Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, Luke, What's that? This mystery has now been revealed, and it is Christ in the church. Our marriages are pictures of the mystery of the gospel mm-hmm. of Christ in the church. We don't live with enough, enough of the, under the weightiness of the mystery of the gospel. We don't. And we need to. We need to live in it. Albert Roller also says this about this, and we're going to close on this, if that's cool with you, Luke. Yep. Paul understand, understood this to be a mystery. And if it is a mystery for the Jews, it is even more a mystery for the Gentiles, who we are. Indeed, in those central passages in Romans, talking about Romans six, to, uh, Romans nine through twelve, I think it is, um, Paul helps to explain how it is that the branch of the wild olive tree has been grafted onto Israel. It is a mystery, and if you do not get excited about preaching this or sharing this, I'm not sure what will excite you. The gospel is simply the most transformative, the most powerful, and the most explosive message there is. If you have a problem finding something to preach or share, I guarantee you that you are not sharing the gospel. That's good. Brothers and sisters, in this Christmas season, as you get ready to gather with your families in these holiday season, live under the weight of the mystery and share the mystery of the gospel. Who is Jesus Christ? Christ in you. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the ReChurch Podcast. We will see you next week.